Hey, 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 what's up, Tom? What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Well, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedulicity Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And with Schedulicity Pays. Yeah, and Schedulicity Pays was huge. Ginormous. It, yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for $0.10 cents a, a swipe, I mean, you do your research. You can't find better. No, and a free card reader. And a free card reader, that's right, <laughs> which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah, and also we want to bring to the family. Yeah, so uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them. Um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn, you, you, uh, you, you forward to your, to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor, you know, you charge X amount, you know, per, per hour. And then you're also um, charging for your product. But they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using. And, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you, right? So, like, I know, for instance, like, I was way undercharging, like, for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing, so now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or so, not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to it's think like about. like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now, now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using. And, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up so it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that um, little bit of a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tom. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Uh, well, you know, just another, another, another paradise day in COVID-19. Yeah, but it's raining today. It's kind of nasty <laughs> out there. <laughs> I know. Listen, if COVID is affected by rain, we just cleared it out. Um, uh, dude, I'm excited, man. We, um, uh, on the podcast we released a few days ago, you know, I, I said that, uh, you know, I'm starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And what I mean by that is just, you know, for, 
for us being able to get back in the salon and, and to be able to work. I kind of feel like we're at least over the hump, maybe heading downhill a little bit as far as getting back into work. However, there's a lot of stuff that we have to address before uh, before we can get back to work. And, and, and today is just another attempt of us, uh, of, of us um, you know, being prepared. Yeah, I mean, today's conversations, it's from one of my probably favorite people in the world. I mean, she, she's... Uh, she's done so much for our industry. She's, you know, been such a really good friend to us. And uh, I, we truly, truly uh, just have a ton of respect. And she knows her, her stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, when, um, when you're looking for an expert to talk about this kind of stuff, uh, our guest today is definitely the person um, that, we, uh, that we reach out to. But, you know, I, on a personal note, on a very personal note, I want to tell you that, um, that our guest today is Nikki Lee. And um, on a, on a, again, on a personal note, you know, I was having struggles um, filling out um, some of the SBA applications. And Nikki literally called me and walked me through line by line uh, filling out the application. So, I mean... Um, and it, it's not just me that she's done that for. I know that there's, there's been a few people that are in our lives that, that she's helped out personally. And it, it just, again, those are just the people you know. Those are just the people I know. Exactly. Those are just the people I know. And just like, um, and what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is that, is that uh, she walks the walk and she walks it, uh, she walks it proudly and, uh, and she owns it, you know, and, and I just appreciate her, you know, not just for me, but, but for the entire industry and that, that she's available to the industry. Yeah, we're just blessed to have her in our life, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, let's go ahead and get in because I'm sure people uh, could care less about, you know, me and my SBA. Oh, my God, guys. (laughs) So I'm all all choked up right now. I don't know how I'm going to be talking right now. Thank you so much for that intro. It was really amazing and um, heartfelt, and I really appreciate that. Well, Nikki, I mean, that's it. It, It's, it's, uh, you know, we see it, we see, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of people, um, uh, you know, in in our world that, you know, that, that, that's talking and and helping people through this. But again, I thought it was really important to say, no, Nikki's walking the walk. You know, it's not just the talk and I'm not, I'm not suggesting anybody else isn't walking the walk, but I'm just suggesting that I know firsthand that you are walking the walk. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. That means a lot to me. Oh no, thank you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> get all the thanks today. Yeah. So, so Nikki, like you've been, uh, you've been pretty vocal about about you know um, when we get back and how we need to treat our how we need to treat our business and and and, I, and help me with the quote, but you know, treat your business as a business or it was something. Go to your business uh, for your business or something. What was your quote about that? Well, basically, I I want people to remove the emotion and the fear that everyone's feeling right now. I'm not negating it. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't feel the fear or you shouldn't, you know, um, understand that this is a scary time. I understand all of that. I'm very compassionate to that. However, if you have decided to accept the responsibility of running a business, which you did, everybody decided to do that. Okay. So you're either an employee or you're a business owner. And if you decided to take that walk and that path, then you have to choose to stop the pain and the fear and the the crazy instability feelings, you got to minimize that to some degree and you got to get down to business and you have to handle your business like a business. You can't handle it like an emotional hobby. You have to treat it like it's a business because it is. And you, if you especially if you structured it that way and you've created this entire machine that is to serve guests in your community and in your industry, you have to do your best to rise to that occasion. And that means you have to shut the other stuff down at some point and you have to grind it out. 
You have to go to the grind and you have to do it the right way. And I was making an analogy earlier with you guys. This is kind of how I see it. If you don't know how to play chess, you know, why are you entering the chess game? Don't, don't do it. Don't enter the chess game. I'm not saying don't enter the chess game. I'm saying prepare yourself and learn how to play chess from good chess players first. And then you can enter the chess game. But don't be mad if you get into a chess game and people kick you out and, you know, say you don't know how to play the game. And COVID-19 has put a spotlight on that shit. They have put a spotlight on business owners that haven't set up their business the right way. Not out of any fault of their own or just but just a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge and a lack of the rules. And so, and, and now they're paying the price. I can't tell you how many booth rental salon owners I've talked to, nothing against booth rental salons. I know why you do it and I have a heart for it. But at the same time, you have paid the price because in this, with the help that is supposed to be given, they have structured the loans and the relief packages and all of these things in a way that has shown it very clearly. If you didn't have your, 2019 schedule C's filed you weren't able to get the loan or if you couldn't you didn't couldn't provide certain payroll documents or certain tax EINs or whatever that is all of those business rules you have to play by those rules and I think that that's put a, a big spotlight on that and I think our industry this is a wake-up call for our industry and I believe as I've studied other industries and listened to podcasts or webinars or lives from other industries I don't hear anything similar to the beauty industry. We are isolated in the fact that we have suffered greatly in this. We are shut down. We haven't been business strong in the tactics and the, and the, the rules of the game. So we are suffering for it now. And, and this beauty business, I think is, I'm going to put it right at the top in the COVID-19 uh, disaster and the industries that are the most impacted, I'm putting it right at the top. And I might not be an expert on that, but that's just my, my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, the tattoo industry is affected 100% because they're service-based. Any service-based industry has been impacted. But like massage or beauty or tattooing or, again, any personal service. But there are a lot of personal service industries that can work via phone or work via email that have not lost revenue. When you touch people for a living... And, and, and the virus is due to touching, we're shut down. And getting back to work, we're putting ourselves, the beauty industry, at the most risk of probably any other industry. You know, other than, I'm sorry, other than the health industry, you know, the, the nurses and the doctors, they are greatly affected medically and, and health-wise. We are affected financially and health-wise eventually once we start to open. So we have to think about ways that we're going to offset that a little bit. And I'm hoping that I can teach you guys or maybe share just some ideas on some opportunities that we can look in and, and, and that you won't leave opportunity on the table at this point. I love that. I, I, I love, I just love that. I was going to say that, um, you know, California, I think they just, um, they just announced that they're going to, uh, hairdressers aren't getting rolled out to like phase three, you know, which is, uh, which actually, I, I mean, it's controversial to have an opinion about anything these days, but, 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 but I'm comforted in knowing that, 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 you know, that they're taking care of those that can't, by virtue of our jobs, we can't social distance. I mean, I think, you know, I, I talked about the light at the end of the, uh, at the end of the tunnel coming, but, you know, at, at the same time, 
we, we're still going to have some social distance. You know, this is still very much a thing. It's not going to be over in a month. It's not going to be over in two months. You know, so, it really isn't. Um, I, I support uh, being uh, us being pushed out to almost like the last phase there because there's just no way to avoid it. You know. Yes, I think right now we have to find the opportunity for revenue, rather that be loans, unemployment, um, uh, lending, investor money, <coughs> private venture uh, money. Um, anything that you can find, CDFIs, Community Advantage Lenders, these are all programs designed for highly impacted uh, industries and regions, and there is money out there uh, for that now, even though the money, ju just so you guys are aware, with the loan issue, is the first round of money was $349 billion, that disappeared in under two weeks, right. meaning it was gone, it was assigned they still have an additional $600 billion or something like that, close to that number, in loans to approve from the first round. So they only infused another $310 billion into the fund, knowing that not every loan will get approved. But at the point where they infused $349 billion, that was $2.2 trillion of relief into the United States think about that. That means that they just infused another 310 billion. That number just went up. It will continue to climb to 3 trillion probably, 3.5 trillion by all the times of these updates of relief over the next year or two to come out. If we close down again, that number is going to go up again. Right. So it just keeps going. And so we have to think in ways of how do we infuse our economy and start restart our economy in the best way possible restarting our economy is our duty and our responsibility as business owners and in the workforce we can take a break and rely on the government to some degree but outside of that we have to jump on board and get to work in as soon as possible that you mentioned, said, oh, i'm sorry i'm saying i was going back to the loans because you mentioned all these different loans um, and I, I actually had a conversation with uh, my bank yesterday and um, because I think a lot of people just apply with their bank and they, they that's it, right? They, it's a waiting game. And she told me to go out and- Very confusing process. The loan process was very confusing. Meaning here's the loans. I'm going to try to give you a nutshell from a layman's terms, okay? And I'm not a banking expert. However, we feel like we are these days, aren't we? <laughs> so- so I'm going to open a mortgage company. <laughs> there is um, the, the triple P loans were brand new, brand new product, never created before, never seen before. It is called Paycheck Protection Program, which is designed for businesses with employees in order to infuse their employees with paychecks to keep them off unemployment. That is the purpose. Then there was the IDA loan that has been around for a long time. It's a disaster relief loan for areas and regions, like for example, Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, the idle loans were given out like candy in that region at that time due to the impact of the disaster. They are considering this a disaster, um, and so then they are issuing idle loans for that. The idle loans, you must apply only through SBA because it's an SBA program. The triple P was going to be impossible for the SBA to underwrite and to manage in size and capacity. And so they enlisted the help of about 16 or 18,000 other lenders in the United States to come on board and say, get certified with us to say that you are legit 
And then we are going to allow you to underwrite these triple P loans for your borrowers. And so that's why they fueled all of the lent borrowers to their private banks. But keep in mind the private banks. So these other lenders were basing the relationships first. So they were only really giving loans to the lent to the borrowers that they had relationships with already to minimize the risk. You see what I mean? You mean like Harvard and like the LA Lakers and Jimmy John's and all those lot? Well, that lot should have thought twice about applying for it in the sense that they needed to analyze what their finances, but I would say it like this. No one knows. <laughs> you wouldn't say it like I said it, Tony. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows what as someone else's financial situation is. Right. And we don't know what the Lakers situation is. I'm not going to speak that I know that. However, the Lakers did give the money back, which meant they didn't really need it. So that being said, perhaps those lenders, meaning the, prefer the preferential treatment behind all of those loans, mm -hmm. which there was, there was 100%. But we have to have a little sympathy with the banks because they're like, well, how are we going to manage the risk? We only are going to give it to the people we know, right? Now, that was shitty of the Lakers. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to speak on that. Harvard's, whatever. They, again, I don't know their situation, so I don't understand that. Well, we, so we, we understand that. that Harvard has a $40 billion endowment. We understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put you in the corner, but you know, certainly it's hard to, it's hard, to, uh, it's hard as a true small business to see that. And if you yes. think that anything's fair, I mean, and, be, yes. and to be honest, Nikki, you know, again, only speaking for about Corey's opinion, not necessarily Tony's or Herdistry's opinion, is that, is that I'm not even mad at Harvard or the Lakers for applying for it. I'm mad that, that they were even allowed to apply for it. Yeah. Th th there is my problem. My problem is not that they got the money. My problem is where in the line did somebody say, why do they need that, right? right. Exactly. There, was no, there was no mechanism to keep that from happening. That's the bigger issue. The bigger yes. issue isn't that the Lakers applied or that Harvard's applied. The right. bigger issue is why did SBA allow them to apply? So that was my, and I can't question the SBA on that because I don't know why they're processed to some degree. You know what I mean? Right. Do I agree with it? I don't, I disagree with right. it. I would just call to action these big businesses that didn't need the loans to give them back, right. you know? Yeah. Well, so that that know, money can go my, to the right my, people. My question, my question about that is too. So they give it back. Who cares? Where does the money go? Does it go back into the? Does it go back into the overall pool? So yes, it goes back into the bucket, right? So that bucket of called p loans for COVID nineteen, that bucket is dishing out in idols and in triple P's, mm -hmm. and in additionally now, a lot of lenders and a lot of investors are recognizing this discrepancy of, oh, they only have 310 billion in there, but yet they are with some, you know, people giving it back, et cetera, whatever, that number might change here and there. But, but they are recognizing that at the top line of it, there's still about 600 billion that that's needed, you know? Right. And so a lot of people that are private investors that are private venture capitalist groups that are private, whatever are awarding lenders private lenders called cdfis or community advantage lenders which are started in communities like um the appalachian mountains let's say that have a very low poverty rate and they start these in these areas in order to infuse money into the communities to provide opportunity for people to make a living you mean you, so, meant, you meant you meant very high poverty rate 
high poverty rates. Mm -hmm. However, it's not just high poverty rates. It's now including high impacted communities or industries. So that qualifies the beauty industry for that, which means then if you can find, all you have to do is search community advantage lenders. You went to a private kind of lending fund. Um, and, and so people are now going to look for the peripheral funding is really what's going to ha happen. You have the core bucket, but then you have all this peripheral that's happening and everyone's going to have to start searching that, but it's a much harder animal to, to solve, you know? And so my, my uh, my, you know, when I was saying I had a conversation with my bank the other day and she sent me a link uh, or she, she sent me a list of all these fintech uh, yes. such as like Square yes. and PayPal, all these people yes. that are, are in the, the lending process as well. Yes. And she, she told me, she said, not only just fill out the application with us, fill it out with everybody. Just, yes. you know, you don't know who. And That's exactly with, right. Even with like the people like Lendios, you know, who, who can maybe pair you up with a, with a lender that you, you know, wouldn't even be on your radar. Exactly. Because guys, the, the, the thing is, there's a lot of banks now and investment funds that are infusing these CDFIs and these fintechs and these community advantage lenders. They're fueling them with money. Now, the awards are much smaller than billions of dollars. They might only be like 40 million or 30 million, right? It sounds stupid to say only, but, <laughs> but you guys get the idea. It's smaller amounts of money, but they're focused on smaller businesses. And so I think that that's going to be the way to go for some, some of the subcontractors and the smaller businesses, the real small ones that are maybe getting kicked out of these loans. And I, and I, I have a heart for it. I, 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 that's why I can't speak about it because, I mean, I, I've lost sleep over it, guys. Like, I mean, I, I stay up late at night losing sleep over it. Right. No. We get that. Well, well, you can always shoot us a text in the middle of the night because usually we're up too. Yeah, we're up too. We're losing sleep over too, Nick. Yeah. And by the way, I know I know that that's true because I texted her once at like six thirty in the morning and she responded back to me right away. I was totally <laughs> like uh, like text. Ivan like wants to speak on that. <laughs> I got a text one morning at three thirty a.m. Oh, I used wake you up on mute. I made a horrible mistake by not doing that. <laughs> so I'm awakened by this ding, ding, ding. And I look over and who do you think it was? <laughs> so I text back and I said, go the hell to bed, for God's sake. And she goes, oh, what are you doing up so early? I said, I wasn't. <laughs> I was woken up by your text. It's like, she oh. says early, some people might think that's late. Oh, right. Yeah. She goes, oh, and then she just keeps going. I'm like, no, mm, cut off. You're out. <laughs> I would tell you that unemployment would be the big answer. We can talk about unemployment if you'd like. Yeah, yeah we'll get, we'll get, we'll, unemployment to begin Nikki, we'll get that. I just wanted to, uh, if, if anyone's listening in, that was Iva. That's uh, Nikki's business partner who uh, they share an office. <laughs> so uh, that was Iva chiming in on her, uh, on, on how crazy Nikki is. I think it's I think we're <laughs> my lack of sleep. that conversation. Yeah, Nick, let's, let's get into unemployment too, because there's so many questions. And but let's segue um, unemployment and the PPP loan, because I have a couple questions for that just from myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm way confused about. Actually, let me just open up with the question and then we'll get into it. So okay. Nick, I've applied for um, unemployment. I have yet to be approved. I'm in the, I'm in the process. I'm in the whatever. Um, I've also applied for some PPP loans, which once again, I'm in review in the process of we haven't, we, I mean, my family, we haven't even received a stimulus uh, check yet, but you know, um, so what, let's get into it. I mean, if, if I get my PPP loan, and by the way, 
my unemployment, I was I was approved for I think it was like $170 a week, which is mm -hmm. you know less than a highlight, less than one highlight a week. But they're, but they're, but they're, but they're <laughs> going to infuse a 600 here soon. It's right. not come, it hasn't come yet, but they will infuse it soon. So, so okay. the question the question is though, like if if the if I get the PP loan and I get the unemployment. Can I just turn my unemployment back in? Can I keep both? Do, I, let, me, let, me, let me try to explain it as clearly as possible with the unemployment. So first of all, unemployment falls into two categories. It's for typically forever ago since it began was only for employees with a company that pays unemployment insurance. That unemployment insurance goes towards the fund of the unemployment. Okay, for to cover all of this unemployment BS. It does not cover um, pandemic, <laughs> okay? So that's why the government, so, so the second side of it is now they have just created under this new CARES Act guideline law mandate called the PUA, Pandemic Unemployment Act. And in this PUA, they have built-in guidelines under the CARES Act and third phase of CARES Act, stating clearly that people who are self-employed may now apply for unemployment. Calculating the income based on some very loose version of your distribution checks and whatever it is that they ask you for, okay? That's now just started. The problem here is this, is that as unemployment became a very large machine for submitting relief, financial relief, it became bombarded with people. So normally it would be, what was it, 75 a day or something like that in Virginia at one rate we were reading. And then it jumped to, I think it was 8,000 a day. It jumped within under a week. And then by the second week, they were at 80 or 70,000 a day. Like that's how fast it grew. Unemployment office was unprepared for that barrage of bullshit. And then the, so that they were trying to process and fast and go and go and go working around the clock. And then they were had to hiring people. So then the government created this fund called PUA with $249 billion to be infused into the government, uh, into the state's unemployment program. In my opinion, and I'm going to speak firmly on this, I believe 240 billion, 249 billion doesn't come close to touching what's going to have to happen in, in unemployment. They, they will have to put more money into that account here soon because the feds somehow decided that they were going to infuse an additional $600 per week per person. Okay. So the problem overall with unemployment is that it's a great relief on one side for a lot of people, especially for you, if you were to get the $600 additional, but for business owners, it's the bane of our existence right now because it is causing havoc with the triple P loans. And I will try to explain how that's causing havoc. But let me go back to unemployment and just how to file. Just so if you are listening to this and you haven't filed for unemployment yet, and you shut down, let's say March 29th or March 19th, right? Isn't that, wasn't that date everybody shut down? March 22nd. March 22nd. So let's say it was March 22nd that you shut down and it is now April 20, 30th, right? If you have not filed for unemployment yet, even if you're self-employed, get on it today, like as soon as you listen to this, get on it. I don't care if they deny you a hundred times, stay on it. The denials are coming because they can't handle the volume. And so they're just issuing denials because they don't know what else to do with it. 
okay? So just stay on it. You have to fight for it. Unemployment is, you have to fight through the system. It is not easy. The website's not easy to navigate. And by the way, they fueled more money out of that $249 billion to hire new people, to pay the unemployment new team members, as well as to evolve the websites to handle the PUA filings so that they have created online portals, as they're calling it, in order to offset some of the need for the people in the office to do the paperwork. So just do it all through computerized digital formats. That is not up in every state yet. Uh, I believe that I heard Texas it wasn't up yet. Hey, Nikki, before we move on, we'll get there. But before we move on, do you know, it is like, like I made the joke that, uh, that, that um, you know, I'm getting like $176 a week. Do you know, is that, is that, I don't even know what to call it, but is that payout? And by the way, that's before taxes. They're still taking out taxes on that yes. $176. So on that $176, is that done industry-wide? How do they decide what that one, that, what that is? Because I got to be, even when I did the unemployment, although, I, although I sent in my P&Ls and although I sent in that stuff, but, you know, the P&L is just a piece of paper until somebody reads it, right? It's just, it's just, it's just nothing. It's just a file. No, no, no. Your, your P&L just shows income. It's just, it's showing unemployment because they have to calculate based on a graph of numbers, based on your income over a period of time. And that, that time that they calculate on is six months typically. Right. And so on that six month window of time, whatever you earned in your income, they base it on a percentage. So if you somehow in your business as an independent hit a little money or something like that didn't count as income mm -hmm. because you felt that income in real life, but yet on paper, it didn't feel that way or see mm -hmm. that way, you're going to see the hit on that and unemployment. That's why your number's probably a little lower. I'm not suggesting that anyone did anything unethical. I'm just, I'm just no, saying. No, 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 no. Here's what I'm saying though. is like every hairdresser that I've talked to is right around $175, right? Yes. Every hairdresser in the state of Maryland, let me be real clear. The, the people yeah. that I've talked to in the state of Maryland, it's right around one hundred and seventy-five dollars, and that—that's you know—I think that's whether you're a week, one hundred seventy-five a week. Yes, I understand. A week, right. right? So, so you know, again, my my, my question is: Is it industry-based? Is one seventy-five just the maximum of what it is? What or, no. or low? Because they never, because even through the unemployment, even through the unemployment site that I went to, they never asked me my numbers as far as like a, a data ad. They asked, but me they add, they asked you to put a number in, didn't they? No. They didn't ask you for an income, like no. a salary number or how no. much you made? Interesting. No. No. Did sure you go back and appeal that? I would, when you refile, go back in and say, I, I think this number is incorrect. How can I appeal this? They have appeals through unemployment all day long. Now it's a, it's a paperwork rigmarole, but, but you can do that. And you say, I believe that somehow I did not give you the right calculation for my income. Can we redo that? And you can do that on the online portals now, as long as your state has it. And I believe Maryland's online we portal do. is up as of last week. It's called Beacon. It's called okay. Beacon. Lovely. Now, that means they have not added the additional 600 to you yet. And they will add that back retroactively, which means if you started your unemployment claims in March 22nd, they will back pay you for those weeks. Are you sure about means, that? I am sure about yes. that. Because, I am sure about that. I'm 100% positive. Iva got it. My entire team got it retroactive. Okay. Okay. If you, let's say, did not file for unemployment until today, yeah. you could actually put in the date of whenever you stop working and they will retroactively pay you. And you must do that. Bucks. Okay. Yes. Plus the $600 per week. So you'll come out at like $776 a week. Mm -hmm. 
minus tax. So that was mm -hmm. gross. And then minus tax, which is will be your net, which will come out to be probably $600 or something like mm -hmm. that, or 650. And then you'll get that per week retroactively paid for all the weeks you didn't work. Okay. Unemployment is the answer right now for a lot of subcontractors, in my opinion. All right. So, I'm gonna But you have to fight the system. The system is not easy to navigate. Okay. Now, now since I've taken us way out into left field, I'm going to bring you back a little bit. So how does that affect the, uh, how does that affect um, if I get a PPP loan? So it affects you because the moment you get the triple P loan or the moment an employer gets the triple P loan, they legally are required, the lender is legally required, once the time they give you the approval code, you have, they have 10 days to give it to you. If you get it and you just got your approval code, push your lender out for 10 days. So what that 10 days does is it actually buys your team an extra week or two of unemployment which solves a little bit of the unemployment issue of trying to pull your team off. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so, but it's a numbers game and you got to know your dates. So you got to be real clear on pay periods and loan disbursement periods. You got to, you got to go to the dates. You can't just ignore the dates. And I would get a calendar, like a, like a, just write out a calendar and I would literally write day by day, how many days from loan approval, to try to push it out if you can. The lenders don't want to, by the way. The lenders are going to be like, nope, nope, you got to tell us right now. We got to deposit it right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because they want to get the money out. But, mm -hmm. but push it if you can. If you can't, it's okay. But here's how it impacts the unemployment. Once the moment those funds get into your bank account, they are calculating the eight-week forgiveness period. And forgiveness will be another hour-long conversation. I agree. Okay, okay, uh, okay. I can assure Nick, you. Nick, 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 just, just for clarity. So it's eight weeks going into the future where unemployment's working in the past, right? So I can get my... I can, the past I can, is unemployment. Okay, the past so is unemployment. This is what it has saying. nothing to do with the loan. This is what I'm saying. Once I get the yeah. loan, though, now I have yeah. covered eight weeks. So they're not paying me yes. for those six weeks prior. They're paying me exactly. for in the future. So Precisely. unemployment is the past and, and, and the PPP loan is for the future. So what exactly. you have to do is, is you have to stop applying for your PPP, for your you unemployment. Stop applying for your unemployment the day that the PPP hits your bank. No, let me, let me clarify. But yes, yes, but let me tell you the loophole there. The loophole is, let's say they give you the approval code. You push it 10 days. You keep filing for unemployment. Keep going, keep going. Don't stop, don't stop. Every One Sunday, week. apply for unemployment, right. okay? That money gets in your bank account. A lot of owners aren't issuing payroll yet. Let's say the money gets into the bank account Wednesday. You don't issue payroll till, Friday, uh, till the following Monday. That means that Sunday, you don't have a paycheck yet. You file for unemployment. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. So if your lender gives you the money on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and you don't cut paychecks until Monday, you, you, because we have to sit down and do calculations. It takes a week to do calculations, guys. Like it is no easy task to calculate. This is why I'm doing the live at 3.30 today because I have had to have hour long conversations working through financial worksheets to create the, the, the balancing of the payroll. It's, it's not just like, oh, let's just pay you. It's not like that. It is much more complex than that. Which means that if they give me my money on my in my bank on Thursday, you can still as the employee file for unemployment that Sunday. So you get an extra week because unemployment technically pays you for the week behind. Right. Does that make sense? The week prior. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so you don't technically get paycheck or payroll for that until that week. Wow. So now you're us, still filing for unemployment. Now us being independent though, um, 
us being independent and where like I'll speak for Tony and I like we, you know we don't have employees we don't have any W two employees. So well, just, you have you. You're paying yourself with that. Right, right. But just to be safe, like as soon as that money hits my bank, I should not be applying for unemployment. As soon as that money hits your bank, you pick a date with your lender that you're issuing payroll. Try to do it after after that week. So if they give you the money, try to shove it to the end of the week. Mm -hmm. Like, don't let them give you the money on a Monday, basically, is what I'm saying. Let them give you the money on a Thursday or a Friday. Okay, Push that. Tell the lender, I don't want the money until Friday, which means that you're not doing payroll until Monday, which means that Sunday you file for unemployment as an independent, which means that you are cutting yourself a check or payroll out of that money on a Monday, and you are filing for unemployment on that Sunday. Okay, I've got my PPP loan, and then one week later, my salon opens. My, my, my okay. salon reopens. Now, can I only use a week full of, uh, a week of, 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 of payroll? No, you're, you're, you're in a sweet spot now because the moment you get open, you start taking clients, that money goes into an operations account. Your normal operations account deepens that all up. Keep in mind, it's not being drained by payroll now. The payroll account is being drained with payroll with a loan. So you're in a sweet, sweet spot. So for example, if you get a loan last week and you open next week, you have payroll covered for six weeks of being open, which is solid. Because that means that all the money being made right here in this account gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and it doesn't get the taxing or the draining out of the payroll. Wow. Because in normal salon owner world, you have the operations account. You make the money, you drain the money. You make the money, you drain the money. It's like this constant cycle of make, drain, make, drain, right? Sometimes the drain is even bigger than the make, right? Right. Now you have the PPP loan over here on this. And by the way, you guys need to set, uh, uh, open a separate second banking account for your triple P loan, by the way. It'll be much easier for, for accounting later for the forgiveness part. Everyone should be doing that. I know that some lenders are like, you don't have to do that. Trust me, it's easier. And then we've have a spreadsheet. It's very simple to use because once you get the triple P loan, you have to, so let's say you got a $100,000 triple P loan, 75% needs to be used towards payroll expense. 25% needs to be used towards rent and utilities. So that 75% must be met. It's a guideline. If you don't meet that 75% for payroll, you're losing for forgiveness. You're losing the forgiveness on that part. On that part. I think 20% of the forgiveness, I believe. And then the second loss, if you don't meet headcount, for you, it's simple. It's one. For us, it's like 58 fucking people. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm in a salty place about it. I'm in a salty place about it. Sorry. That's good though. That's sorry. the first time you dropped it. That's good. <laughs> so you have all these people that you got to handle, but then none of them want to come off unemployment. So now you're going to lose your head count. That means you're going to drop 20 more percent on your forgiveness, which sucks as a business owner. Okay. So you just have to either cough it up or you have to hire new people. Right. So now, as you as an independent with a triple P, you're going to open that second bank account. You're going to use that just for your payroll for eight weeks. If you're open and you're doing money, leave it over here in the operations account, deep in that pocket, put some money in the savings for the second go around when we're shut down. <laughs> hey, so that's or, 75%. Um, can, can we use the entire thing for payroll? Or you must use the entire thing to, you be, for, to be forgiven. You don't have to, 
if you want forgiveness, you have to use 75%. Right. I mean, like, look, I, I guess my question is, is that what if my rent, what if my rent and my, and my utilities, like as an independent, we don't have necessarily utilities, quote unquote, but what we have is, um, you know, we definitely have rent, but what if our rent doesn't, doesn't, doesn't meet that 25%? It goes over it? Or under it. Let's say it goes under it use it for any back rent pay. You can't use it for, for, for prepaying. The guideline is you can't prepay your rent. Sure. That means you just apply more money to your income. All right, that's cool. It just, that 75% can go higher. It just can't go lower. You right. can use the entire thing for pay for income. You don't have to use just 75. Okay. If, you don't, if your rent is covered and you're like, I'm good with my rent, I don't have to pay that, you don't have to. They're just telling you at minimum, you must use 75% of that loan towards income and payroll. So using your example then, I mean, you could just pay your rent out of your operations and, and pay your payroll out of, out of, you could. Out of that then. You could. You wow. could. Technically, it's correct to get it forgiven. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's pretty But cool. you're saying it just sort of create a little bit more paperwork if he did it that way. If he had a separate account, it would just make it a lot cleaner. Well, if you have a separate account with a spreadsheet attached, that you already did the math. So you already calculated, what's my 75%? $75,000 sits over on this side of the spreadsheet. What's my rent and utilities fund? Over here, 25%. So it's sitting over here in the spreadsheet. And every time you cut a check, you just add it to the spreadsheet, add it to the spreadsheet. So that at the end, you just give it to your lender. You're like, this is how I use the funds. Mm. It's very simple. They're gonna ask for some more proof on that. Like for us, well, for you guys, it's much more simple because it's just you. For us, we have to provide a payroll report. We have to provide a headcount report. We have to provide all these other things for the forgiveness. Wow. You'll be asked for it too, but it's very simple with you guys. So, because when you're only dealing with one person, it's much easier to handle. Right. Dude, that, this, this, is, uh, this is just amazing information. Like this is, this, I have much more clarity in this right now. Now, now I hope I get my PPP loan, you know? But keep in mind, keep in mind, I want to say something about independence. If you are applying for the triple P loan and the amount that they're supposed to give you is, let's say $8,000, let's just right. say, okay. Let's go 10,000. It's an even number. Okay. 10,000. So you use 7,000 towards your income for eight weeks and then you use 3000 towards rent and utilities. Let's just say that's the, the formula. Okay. Mm -hmm. But over here and you decide not to file for unemployment, but your unemployment is going to be, let me do the math on this for, let's say you decide to not work because you're scared to work. Right. Let's mm -hmm. say you're like, I'm scared, dude. I can't go back. I don't believe in it. I don't like it, whatever. I want to stay out until June 15th. So that's basically from March 22nd to June 15th. How many weeks is that? 12? 12 weeks times, let's say your unemployment is 776. That's $9,312 free and clear. So unemployment is the same. It's kind of a wash as the loan. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, if you got both, you can't use it during that time, which means the unemployment then shortens to the only the back pay weeks. Mm -hmm. And then, so, so out of the 12 weeks, you would get unemployment for the four or five weeks. And then you'd have the triple P loan for the remaining seven or eight. So, so the number will again, wash out. It's nothing but a math game, guys. That's, okay. that's now, really it. Nikki, okay, so and you probably haven't been asked about this in a while, but I think it's a different question now that now that we're kind of into this in this more is that during phase one, the um, during the phase one of the CARES Act, I think it was the CARES Act or whatever it was called at the time, 
you know, they were also on talking about business owners being able to receive a bunch of tax benefits and tax write-offs for that. So looking forward, looking into our 2020 taxes, like, like how is that all going to be affected by the PPP and the, and the so unemployment? If you get the triple P loan, it negates your ability to use the staff retention credit or the tax deferral credit. The tax deferral credit is basically just saying that whatever you pay in taxes for your team as a federal tax, you know, the withholdings that you do for your team. So you actually have to be paying federal tax for a team member for it to really matter. Now you can use it for individual as well, but you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a smaller number to digest. But the, the fact is, is that if you have, let's say like I have a $15,000 tax bill every pay period to the IRS due to the volume of of production staff members that I have. So I pay about 30,000 a month, anywhere from 26 to 30,000 a month. That number I would use to apply towards my profit line on my P&L when I file for taxes. So I would save in my corporate tax. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if I made $80,000 profit, I could eat that profit line up with those tax numbers for a window of time. They're allowing you to use the dates, and I don't remember the dates off the top of my head, but I believe it's March, 15th or something like that until um, June 30th or something like that. Whatever those dates are, again, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's those tax periods. You could just wipe away your profit line, which means you don't pay corporate tax. That's how that benefits a business. Now, now how, if you got the triple P loan, you're not eligible. You can't use it. And then the staff retention credit, which it, basically it means that you get to have a tax benefit the same way you could apply if you keep all your staff members if you had a big ass savings account hundred thousand dollars and you just kept paying your staff you didn't get any loan you would be able to be credited in tax deferment or or wiping away that profit line again um in maintaining your staff and keeping them on payroll to keep them off unemployment that's what that means and so they're giving you as a, as a business owner Oh yeah, we're we're really loving the fact that you took care of your team and you just use your reserves for it and you know, great. Great job not filing for a loan, great job not filing for, you know, tax uh, I'm sorry, uh unemployment benefits. Um so here's a here's a here's a credit. Again, if you got the triple P loan, it's not you're not eligible. Got it. Got it. So, um uh, uh another tone, you got something cuz I got a thousand questions and I'm and I'm firing away. Right, I'm just, I'm taking it all in, man. I'm like, <laughs> so Nikki, Nikki, a good friend, a good mutual friend of ours, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention her by name because I don't want to put her in a pickle. But um, she received the PPP loan, and then, um, but her employees did not want to come back to work for her because they were, they were going to collect more money in unemployment than they were. Second. All right. So, what do we do if they don't want to come off unemployment? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the question. Like, she, she got the PPP loan, you know, she, she wanted to, you know, pay her staff and bring them back to work, but, but some, of, some of her um, W-2 employees didn't want to come back to work because they were collecting more in unemployment than, than, than she could pay. And I, by the way, I get both sides, right? Yeah, I see. Well, here's, here's how I'm going to speak on that. There's a couple ways you can handle it as a business owner. Uh, one, you can give the loan back and, or, and not care about it. Let them stay on employment and call it a day. Right. Okay, that's one. Two, you can keep the loan for yourself and use it for your own pay and your own compensation. Add your husband, add your mama, add your sister, add whoever you want as headcount. Lose 20% of the forgiveness and pay everybody in your family. 
and you can pay yourself the max. We'll talk about what the max pay is for an owner or how an owner should get paid by the way through this. Hey, anybody I think that's looking for employees, I'll, I'll be a part-time employee if you just want to cut me a check for, for, no, for no reason. Don't think I'll I for a hundred salons <laughs> if need be, man. Come on, while this PPP thing goes up. <laughs> the other thing that they can do, okay, so in that scenario, you would just pay out as much as you can to meet the wage count that you have to meet for the forgiveness the 75% and then you would have to just make sure you meet the head count. The head count is calculated based on, and I'm gonna say this real slow because this is always confusing to people. The first eight weeks of 2019 or the first eight weeks of 2020, either or, whichever one is lower. So if 2019 you had 15 people on payroll head count, that's the number you can use. If 2020 first eight weeks says 20 people, do you see what I mean? So use the lower number. It doesn't matter what you have now. Just use the, the lower number of what they call FTE or full-time equivalent number. That meaning there's some math equation about the part-time, full-time stuff with the hours. But really, to be honest, it's pretty simple. Basically, two part-time employees count for one full-time. And so you're just going to calculate that headcount with your lender. Your lender is the one calculating for your forgiveness. Not me, not the SBA. Well, the SBA kind of, not your account. Okay. So those aren't the people that you ask about that. Your lender is the one that's going to give you the forgiveness on that. They need to be the one calculating that number. So that's the second option. The third option is to tell those employees that as an employer, you have now exercise your right as the employer and you are making them all ineligible for unemployment because you have put them all back on payroll. Now, if they give you a little resistance on that, you have two choices. You can let that happen or you can fire them. If you fire them and terminate them, they will still collect unemployment, which is probably a good thing. If you ask them with a deadline, to say by Monday at 5 p.m., if you don't tell me you want back on my headcount, I'm going to assume that you have resigned, which makes them ineligible for unemployment. Hmm. But you have to use if, that word resign. Yes. And then when they send the verification letter for that employee, you mark resigned. Okay. Now that's playing a little hard, in my opinion, as an employer, meaning in this pandemic, do you as an employer want to tell your team that you're going to make them ineligible for unemployment? Right. I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you, I talk to salon owners every day by the hundreds. And I can tell you this, there are a lot of shitty employees right now acting real shitty towards employers about this loan because of the unemployment. I am not siding with one side or the other. I'm only right. speaking from what I see. Employees, Stop acting so shitty to your employers. It's not right. They are doing the best they can to get the loan to keep you on headcount or to keep you on payroll. Now, that being said, I understand why someone would want to stay on unemployment if their unemployment is 900 a week and they normally make 300 a week. Okay, I get that. I wouldn't want to be off unemployment either. Right. However, here's the thing. They have to know this. The government sees the problem. This was a huge F up on the government's part, in my opinion, about that extra $600 given to employees and therefore employ employers can't pull them off. They are recognizing that. They are trying to change that right now. So I believe in the next few weeks, month, maybe, I don't know when, but it's being discussed that they want to stop the unemployment the moment states open up. Mm. 
So they're starting to say, if your state has an official ruling that says you're now open for business like Georgia did, they will make you ineligible for unemployment, which means it's forcing you to come off unemployment and go back to work, right? Unless ideally you are still genuinely unemployed, like your business shut down. Right. So therefore you can still be eligible for unemployment. But if you have been offered a job, technically, you're not eligible for unemployment, dude. I don't care how much discrepancy it is. Now, let's go back to the formulation as a business owner. This is what I try to do, which is solve the problems by being nice to everybody. Okay. So let's look at unemployment for some of them. Maybe it makes sense if you have a team of 18 and five of them, the discrepancy is like $500 a week. You know, it's like really big. I would potentially consider just letting them stay on unemployment until you reopen and then hire five new people and pay the minimum wage. So you save a little bit on your loan amount anyway that you're dishing out. Right. You're letting them stay on unemployment and making them happy, paying the equivalent of what their pay is average commission, which is a harder formulation than it sounds. But for the people that are the top producers, right? Top producers would be like 80,000 a year, 70,000 a year, $60,000 a year. Below 50, you're starting to see big discrepancies between the, the, the unemployment versus their pay. But 70, 60 a year on W-2, their unemployment is kind of close. So it's right. easy to pull them off. Just pull them off. Right. Some owners are even saying that they're going to pay the employees unemployment equivalent, which is paying them the same, even though there's a $500 discrepancy per week. The problem is if you have a lot of staff, your loan is going to disappear. And you might, you might run out of money and you might not be able to pay your rent and your utilities on using that loan, which means that you're still behind the curve. You got to use this loan as an opportunity to get ahead of the curve. You got to use this loan wisely, leverage it to hire new employees, paying them minimum wage while they're not working just to get them on your team. Use the loan to and let the people stay on unemployment if they need to stay on unemployment. It's fine as far as I'm concerned, but that's, that's a, a very complex calculation you know of trying to figure it out per person again hence my live at 3 30 because <laughs> i've literally been walking through people one by one on this i'm going to try to do it through a workshop online just to help you calculate what you need to do as employers to get them back on so i'm so sorry for your friends that your entire team is like her entire team is like i'm not coming on but have her call me and i'll talk about some options that she can do Definitely. or have her watch the live at 3 30 and we'll try to give some uh, some some ideas. My idea is to hire new, pay minimum wage, uh, and fill in the headcount, or hire your 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 family. Legit. I'm not saying don't hire like a dead grandma. I'm saying hire like you know your husband who might come in to help you clean the salon for eight weeks. You know what I mean? And sanitize the salon, or and and that's a legit job. He should be paid for that. That's legit. That's awesome. Hey Nick. Um. Uh. Uh. Oh my gosh, we've covered so much, and uh, we, we've eaten up an hour. Um, but I have a couple more questions. I have a couple more questions before we actually jump off. Um, Corey, I think I think Iva has something about unemployment that she wants to add. Can we just add that real quick? Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Iva, go ahead. You, you were saying earlier about you're getting what from Maryland? One what? Like one seventy five, something like that. Okay. If you Google unemployment benefits by state, there are many many places that will give it to you literally listing it by state what the minimum is and uh -huh. what the maximum is. For Maryland, I just looked it up. The minimum is 50. The max is 430. That's without the 600. 
So the minimum with that 600 is gonna be 650 a week. The max will be 1030 a week. Massachusetts, dude, is where you wanna live. <laughs> because their max, their max per week is $1,234. Not including the 600. That's without the oh, 600. Wow. So if anybody in Massachusetts get their employees get to come back to work, Good, Good luck. luck. Good luck. <laughs> I can tell you, you give me $1,834 to stay home every week. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Or you know what you could do? Keep the loan, pay it back. We'll talk about price increases if you, whatever your question right. is about that. Yeah. But, but you can cover your loan payment with price increases, guys. It's, it's very doable. But the, the fact is, let the loan convert after eight weeks to a term loan and pay it back with 1% interest over two years it's or give money the money back at that time and let your employees stay on unemployment at this point. I mean, it makes the most sense. I mean, how are you going to beat 1200 a, a week? I mean, there's, there, you're not going to beat that. You're not. So. You know, you, part of, part of, again, before we move on, I mean, part of the issue is too, is that, is this the time, right? We all know, and we've all been talking about it, that, that um, it's going to be like Christmas when we get back to work. Everybody's going to want to come in yesterday, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, is it the time to, to, especially if it's like your W-2s, if it's your assistants, do you want, do you want to have to train another assistant in, 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 in like during Christmas is the worst time to train for, as far as I'm concerned, an, an assistant, because the, the, you know, you, a new assistant always runs you behind. They don't help out until, until they kind of catch up. So is it the time to, to, to hire new, uh, new assistants that you have to train? Got it. You know, I I'm believe talking. it is. I believe it is. I'll tell you why, because you're already in a very structured mode in your business of training. You're already training your old employees on how to do things new. So you're already having training times. If you're not building in training times into your schedule right now, when you open, you're, you're, you're going to suffer for that. Mm. I think so, in my opinion, there should be a staff meeting the day before you open or the couple days before you open. And every morning, the first week or two that you open, you should have a meeting for the first week or two. And the reason is, is there will be a significant amount of challenges posed to you on a daily basis that you will need to address very quickly and very efficiently. And so you need to take notes and you need to change procedures and policies immediately, the moment you hear it. So you're already in training mode already for existing people. You will also, in my opinion, I don't think it will be like Christmas. I believe it will be less than Christmas because I think that you can't book the way you normally book because they don't want you doubling up two, three people close by each other, filling in every chair. You won't be able to do that. And if you're in a suite and you're by yourself, you're not going to be able to have somebody sitting over in this corner processing while you're doing this person in this chair. You just won't. Nor do I believe it's safe to do that. I believe we have to push out at least another month or two outside of that, at the very least, at the very least of operating in that way, which is a much slower pace, a lot less money, a lot less speed. So now would be the perfect time to train them. You have to vet the right employee though. You're not gonna hire somebody blind without knowing how to do anything, but you could to handle the sanitation stuff. You could to handle the cleanup stuff. You could to handle just some of the proprietary issues going on just with a functionality of a salon that is very complex to handle now with all these other things. You know, preparing the new kits for the stylist kits. Like we prepared for all of our staff personal protection kits that include multiple masks, multiple gloves, multiple smocks, multiple eye goggles, you know, all these things that we give, that we're going to just give it to them on the staff meeting. We have to have training on that. Now would be the most ideal time, in my opinion, to bring in new people. Boom. Nikki, I, we, were, we, we, we ran out of time. I think that, I think my next question was going to take us down a, a, a four hour uh, a, a 
rabbit hole. So here's what I'm going to, exactly the, 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 the Ivor rabbit hole. Hey, so um, here's what I'm going to ask is that can we, uh, can we schedule to do another podcast in the next few days? Because I, I, yes. I definitely want to get that information out. Um, once again, I, I just, I love your energy. I love your knowledge. I love you. I love just everything about you, my, my dear friend. Thanks. Um, 100%. You're the best. Yeah. The only thing missing in, in, in this video now is, is, is your red umbrella. Um, <laughs> I, 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 where is that red umbrella? I think I have it here. No, no, here. It, it should ne you should never say where is that red umbrella. I know. You should always know. It is really like a logo outside. I should have it. That's <laughs> right. your new logo, by the way. Yeah, we're it gonna should be your new logo. On you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Nikki and Ivan, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank you for your time, your knowledge. I mean, forget about your time. Thank you for your knowledge, man. It, it's it's. Thank you. It, I have such a a clear understanding of all this right now and i'm and i'm i'm, a, I'm of the advantage where i have to listen to this back and i'm very excited about having to listen to this back um yeah. really cool guys thank you so much thank you Again, so much um, for letting me um have a voice on that and um, you thank you guys hey stay safe and uh push through those loans and push through that unemployment don't give up on that you just keep doing it until they just don't give it to you but but just push through just keep doing it don't take no for an answer just be belligerent about it uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I feel like Rocky. You're my coach in the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it done. I get out there and fight. If somebody right. else, if somebody else, I know, I know, I, I hear a lot of people just you know feeling really demoralized because they're not getting a lot of help. I know there's some people you know slipping through the cracks. A suggestion that I would like to throw out at the end of this is maybe do some posts instead about what you have to offer if you feel that you have to close down. Um, and just say, here's what I can bring to the table. Is there anyone willing to, you know, uh, open up and talk about a job? I mean, there is no shame in that, guys. And I think we need to open up our our avenues of looking at that to some degree. That that's not a, I'm not saying that that's like, you know, down the line or now or when that is. It's just if you feel that that's the right time for you. Um, and if you need to talk, you know, just ask me or PM me and I'll be happy to help you too. And I'll, I know uh, hundreds and hundreds of salon owners that I'd be happy to pass names to to help you guys just find and, and land in a place to make some income right now if you if you just feel that you can't do it anymore um it's okay you know nikki, nikki give it give it give us those places where people can dm you where they can find you give us your ig your facebook all that good stuff so on instagram if you go to nick trowbridge uh n-i-k-t-r-o-w-b-r-i-d-g uh i-d-g-e just put that in there. It's not the last name I'm using now, but that's what the Instagram account says. So um, you can just PM me on, the, on there, but that's not the best place. The best place is just text me on my cell, 703-969-3406. Just text me on that number um, or email us at isampiller, S-A-M-P-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com. That's Iva's email. And then my email is Nikki statements at gmail.com which is n-i-k-k-i statements s-t-a-t-e-m-e-n-t-s at gmail.com or the best best place is probably facebook on the statements project facebook page it's all free we film a ton of videos we save everything on there everything that we can find we share that's helpful to the industry and to professionals in the beauty business um you can scroll all the way back and see all the posts and all the videos and everything um all of that so, and like when you, when you publish this, I'll share it on there too. So the Statements Project Facebook page, you can message us through uh, Facebook. Um, and then my private page is Nikki Lee, but I think it's max at 5,000 now for whatever reason. So I, I don't know if I, I have to go back and delete people if I need to, but I don't like to. So 
anyway, just follow the Savings Project there, and I think that that would be really good too. And then Iva's email, uh, I'm sorry, Sam. Iva's uh, Facebook is Iva Samfiller. Iva Samfiller. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks for, uh, again, Thanks. hanging out with us, and thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.